1: Thank you for listening to our show today. I'm Gary Kaligas, publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Want to apologize to everyone today. I have laryngitis. I haven't had laryngitis in about 13 years on this radio show, but it comes comes about. And hopefully, uh, uh, you will not have, you will be able to understand me, but you'll definitely be able to understand my guest today. So again, I apologize. I do sound different, and my, my producer, Ruben, probably going to try to change me. I don't know how I can do it, but there are always AI out there that can make people change. So, again, thank you for listening to our show today, and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at 710keel.com and the Keel applications. We do thank AARP, Louisiana and and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to gain some information about the latest treatments of rheumatology. So stay to the show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, April 1st. Yes, it is April Fool's Day, but we're not fooling around today here on the radio show. But I do have laryngitis, so that's not a joke. Our show is being uh, broadcasted from the studios of News Radio 710 Keele and 101.7 FM, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has, is not live and has been prerecorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the April issue of the Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations. We do thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a printed copy of one of our 270 distribution locations, you can always visit our very, very popular website at thebestoftimesnews.com. You can view current past issues of the past uh, 13 years on our, on our website, as well as you can view and download the 2023 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're to our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighborston and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and a bear's country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Kerry Kaligas. I do thank you for listening to our show. And again, I apologize that I have laryngitis today, but hopefully I'll be able to project and ask those questions of our uh, of our famous guest here here on the radio show. So joining me on my show is a special guest is Dr. Robert Goodman, who is a board-certified rheumatologist with Arthritis and Rheumatology Clinic Located here in Shreveport He's going to give us some information About the latest in treatments Of rheumatology Rheumatological probably Conditions So thank you Dr. Goodman For joining us today here
2: Glad to be here Gary So um,
1: as in all fields Doctors, physicians and scientists New and improved treatments So today hopefully we're going to learn About some new treatments That can help people That have various uh, RA and uh hopefully can benefit them but before before we're d- going to do that i think my listeners and even myself need a little refresher about uh, rheumatoid arthritis
2: so what is what is the what's the symptoms what is, well rheumatoid arthritis is one of about a hundred diseases that can have arthritis as a predominant or a portion portion a portion part them? i didn't know there were that uh, many of uh what those we all diseases. Even... and so you need a rheumatologist because other doctors will say i give up <laughs> oh okay. so go see a rheumatologist if, if it's um and but in the top Well, in those 100 diseases, there are about 10 diseases that are more common that are seen in rheumatology offices every day and uh, would be seen in a primary care doctor's office, an orthopedic surgeon's office very frequently. Rheumatoid arthritis is one of those diseases. The most common type of arthritis, Gary, is known as osteoarthritis. It's that wear and tear type of arthritis where You maybe get an injury in high school playing football, and um, 20, 25, 30 years later, you have osteoarthritis in that knee. Or you may uh, get um, problems with chronic lifting, and you get wear and tear on the discs in your back, and that is a subset of osteoarthritis, the wear and tear arthritis, Uh, that is also known as degenerative joint disease when it involves knees and hands, but degenerative disc disease when it involves the neck and back. So that's the most common type of arthritis, more mechanical type of arthritis, more of a wear and tear arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis, on the other hand, is not a wear and tear arthritis. Gary, we understand that it may be that the immune system makes a mistake and attacks the inner lining of the joints, causing inflammation in that inner lining. The inner lining is called the synovium, and that that inflammation is called a synovitis. So, is that more
1: frequently diagnosed in, in today in people? Of what ages?
2: Um, uh, Well, rheumatoid arthritis is uh, being uh, diagnosed more and more today than it has been in the past. It tends to affect uh, women more than men, approximately three women, women, for every man. We we don't know why, but many autoimmune diseases... Uh, with the exception of psoriatic arthritis, will affect women in a greater proportion than men. So so, uh,
1: rheumatoid
2: arthritis and lupus are two of the classic diseases that affect women more than men. Most clinical trials will observe that the average age uh, of diagnosing rheumatoid arthritis is in the early 50s. So uh, Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at a paper and I see uh, uh, 60 or 70 percent of the patients uh, uh, with rheumatoid arthritis are women, and I see that average age is 52 or 53 years, that's pretty much Um, the demographic that we would see, whether it's a paper that is being um, uh, published about research in Shreveport, Louisiana, or in Seattle, Washington, or in Sydney, Australia. It seems to be a common uh, thread.
1: So what are the common symptoms that some individual that may be 40s and their 50s may be having
2: RA? Well, rheumatoid arthritis will occur uh, early on in the small joints of the hands and wrist. So the wrist joint and then the next joints out, which doctors call the metacarpal phalangeal joints, or we abbreviate them the MCP joints, will be involved early on in 80 or 85% of patients with rheumatoid arthritis. Hmm. Their corresponding joints in the, in the lower extremities, which includes the ankles and the metatarsal phalangeal joints will be involved, and it will be both on the right and left side, so it will be symmetrical, and it will involve a number of joints, usually 8, 10, 12 joints. A person might go from feeling just fine, and then three months later, four months later, they notice, I really feel stiff in my hands, in my wrist, in my ankles, in my toes, and then they notice that there is classic swelling there is redness and there is warmth to the touch when the examiner touches those joints and then when the examiner moves those joints it is it is painful and the the patient um, responds uh and saying that really hurts me
1: well doc you mentioned one thing that i think you need to emphasize and i think you told me when i visited you
2: It's symmetrical, right? It is symmetrical. Rheumatoid arthritis classically will involve both hands. If you go back to comparing osteoarthritis that we were mentioning Mm -hmm. before, the wear and tear arthritis, if a young man had an injury to his right medial meniscus when he was playing football at 18, chances are he might have the right knee involved with osteoarthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis... Is symmetrical. So it might be both wrists at about the same time or within days or weeks of each other, and both hands within days or weeks of each other. And it doesn't seem to be predicated based upon any kind of injury. Um, and we think the immune system makes a mistake. The white blood cells that are there to bend you and me, Gary from COVID-19, from laryngitis, from um, uh, the colds or flu, or from acute appendicitis. Those white blood cells seem to make a mistake and attack the inner lining of the joints for reasons that we don't fully understand. Um, And that inner lining of the joint is called the synovium. So the first pathologic feature of rheumatoid arthritis is inflammation of that synovium and so a, to- a term coined synovitis is the hallmark pathologic lesion in rheumatoid arthritis that synovitis, that inflammation in the inner lining of the joint tends to occur very in very close order in both wrists uh, and in both hands especially in the metacarpal phalangeal joints. Now in everything in rheumatology, we're at eighty twenty uh mm-hmm. as far as certainty. So there will be 20% of patients with rheumatoid arthritis w- who will present with a slightly different clinical picture. But I'm describing yeah, the 75 difficult. or 80% of people will well, have that clinical picture.
1: Well, Doc, what about family history? If my parents had RA... Is it it
2: hereditary? Um, uh, Yes, there is uh, family history. Uh, There are DNA markers that tend to point in that direction. But it's not like a single DNA that um, uh, you get brown eyes or blue eyes. It's probably several uh, DNA markers that cause the person's immune system to make that mistake sometime later in life and cause that perpetual inflammation of the synovium that we would call a So there are DNA markers. That's right. And and in general, um, uh, the observations is the chance of getting rheumatoid arthritis in the general population is about one uh, person in 100 or one person in 80. So maybe 1% or 1.5%. But if you have a first-degree family member uh it might be as high as 8%. Ooh. So if you go to a family reunion with mm-hmm. um you know f- uh 50 people four or five of them might have rheumatoid arthritis and they're typically going to be the women in the in the uh group and they're typically going to be discovered to have rheumatoid arthritis in their late 40s early
1: 50s so that's the importance which i tell individuals is important to know your family history to give it to your physician when he's doing the h and p for
2: you right it's very important exactly
1: and to write down all these things of your parents and etc and grandparents because that's going to help them say oh look at this look at the trend
2: here (laughs) That's going to help the primary care doctor and the rheumatologist to zero in. The primary care doctor is going to say, oh, this could be rheumatoid arthritis the rheumatoid arth- the rheumatologist is probably going to be right there is it rheumatoid arthritis or is it lupus or is it psoriatic arthritis uh but that family history is very important
1: so you mentioned we don't know the causes right except we think there's the causes may be the triggering of those dna things it tells our white blood cells to do certain
2: things that's right, right. we we uh des- describe Uh, something called uh, an antigen. And an antigen is an immunologic target. um, So if you or I were to get COVID-19, which everyone's been thinking about for the past three years, um, our immune system recognizes a protein on the uh, spike proteins that are um, uh, characteristic of COVID-19. That immunologic target, our white blood cells acquire, an immunity to that immunologic target when we get uh, a vaccination. Well, it seems like the immune system uh, makes a mistake and sees an immunologic target that either causes the immune system to respond to this immunologic target that we have not discovered, but in that, um, in that um, immunologic attack, as a byproduct, and it's sort of like an army engaging in friendly fire, hmm. you get that inflammation of the inner lining of the joints called the synovium, and that is called a synovitis. So
1: that's one of the reasons why if a person or an individual family member thinks they might have RA, they should see a doctor first because treatments early
2: going to mm-hmm. help, right? That's right. And we know a little bit more about uh, that antigen in some patients and it's uh, about 60 or 70 percent of those patients will have an antibody uh and an, an that targets an antigen called cyclic citrullinated peptide and so in about the year 2000 a test called the cyclic citrullinated peptide test or ccp um was a new test for rheumatoid arthritis hmm. it absor- it uh it is positive in about 70% of patients that have rheumatoid arthritis. And it didn't replace an older test that was called the rheumatoid factor, but they're used combined today
1: to, to verify, identify.
2: To verify. Um, and it, it doesn't completely verify it because there are about 30 or 35% of people who will be rheumatoid factor and cyclic citrullinated peptide or CCP. Negative and 70, 65 or 70 percent will have the rheumatoid factor and be CCP positive.
1: So individuals out there, are there any risk factors that can exacerbate or cause RA?
2: um the risk factors are family history there um was a little bit of an uptick in risk factors uh, of smoking that Mm -hmm. and and this is an interesting story gary that the thinking is uh, that we have a community of bacteria in our mouth we have a community of bacteria on our skin we have a community of bacteria in our colon in our gut and that community of bacteria is called the microbiome and that smoking may make the microbiome of the mouth for patients who are, uh, who have that genetic tendency to trigger Hmm. rheumatoid arthritis. Now, non-smokers also get uh, rheumatoid arthritis, don't get me wrong, but that seems to be another factor.
1: Interesting, interesting.
2: So, what i was
1: reading i think maybe you told me other complications could result if you're diagnosed with ra right
2: that's, that's kind of right like uh, carpal
1: tunnel things like that
2: well uh, carpal tunnel is uh a situation where if you have rheumatoid arthritis in the wrist joint, the anatomic next-door neighbor of the oh. wrist joint is the carpal tunnel. So if, if um, you imagine yourself on a, a coach flight in an airplane and you're sitting in the middle seat and a big 300-pound person gets on the <laughs> aisle seat and another one on the window seat and you're being squeezed in the middle, well, in rheumatoid arthritis... Uh, that big 300 pound person is the wrist joint and when it gets inflamed when it gets swollen it squeezes on that nerve that causes carpal tunnel syndrome
1: Wow, that's okay never do that that's a good one other other complications caused as a result of well way? there are
2: other complications gary that we call you know rheumatologists focus on the joint so our perspective is is it articular rheumatoid arthritis in the joint, or is it extra-articular rheumatoid arthritis? And so people can often get inflammation in extra-articular areas, but it's that synovitis in the joint that uh, really clues us in. Those extra-articular uh, manifestations can in, include rheumatoid nodules, and it can uh, include other things like inflammation of in the eye or inflammation of blood vessels. We don't see those extraarticular manifestations as much anymore because usually if we're diagnosing the patient when they have the joint disease, Those other manifestations outside of carpal tunnel syndrome might have occurred months or years uh, down the road. So we have medicines to prevent those other manifestations uh, from occurring, uh, so they don't occur as much today with modern treatment as right. they might have uh, uh, a few decades ago before we had the modern uh, treatments for rheumatoid arthritis.
1: Well, Doc, that's why I want to emphasize to all our listeners out there, if they think they're themselves or a loved one or a friend, a neighbor, or a family, if they might suspect to have some of these symptoms that the earlier the better to see a specialist like you, Dr. Goodman, is important.
2: That's right, because we can uh, do several things if we catch it early. We can control and limit the potential damage uh, on the joints, and that damage, if left unchecked, could cause deformities of the joints.
1: So one other aspect I want to tell you, make sure everyone, uh, his his office phone number, if you want more questions or make an appointment, is 318-424-9240. That's 318-424-9240. He has a remarkable website at arth, arthdoc.com. And they're located at 940 Jordan here in Shreveport.
2: Or that's 740
1: Jordan. Oh, I'm sorry, 740 Jordan. I got you a little bit different location there. Um, The the other, one one other follow-up question. I had somebody ask me, is it recommended if a person has RA to do exercises of their hand? Does it help or hurt?
2: Um, It is. Is it helpful? We need to control the inflammation and then... Doing range of motion exercises are good, but strengthening strength exercises are not as good if you still have a lot of inflammation going on because that could lead to the deformities being more aggressive. So wow. you have to it, – it's a nuanced answer, and you would need to check with your rheumatologist and maybe a physical or occupational therapist okay. for a more subtle – uh, answer to that.
1: Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now, we're to our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and stunning country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keele.
1: Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebert, standing country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I am Gary Kaligas, and I thank you for listening to our show today. But again, I apologize. I do have laryngitis, and I'm sounding quite different today, but I am progressing. And joining me on my show today as a special guest is Dr. Robert Goodman, who is a board certified rheumatologist with Arthritis and Rheumatology Clinic here in Shreveport. And he's given some fantastic information about rheumatology as well as we're going to talk now about the latest treatment of those conditions so thank you doc for joining us today
2: Uh, glad to talk about treatments
1: so in in treatments we have historical treatments and we have new options so tell them about what
2: historical treatment well the historical treatments gary um go back to uh Um, primitive tribes would have uh, somebody chew willow bark and willow bark has a chemical in it that is a cousin of aspirin acetylsalicylate Mm. then in 1898 in europe and i've got to
1: ask a follow-up i wonder how those people back then figured out by there were probably lots of different bark to try, but it was like experimenting.
2: They, they tried different things, and and so um, uh, the willow bark in some cultures was found to have an analgesic property, acetyl salicylate. Mm-hmm. In other cultures, uh, chewing coca, uh, which oh. has uh, cocaine in it, yes. uh, and in other cultures, um, chewing the bark of the autumn crocus uh, would be helpful for inflammation, and in that. Um, medication is called colchicine which is used today for gout and then of course other cultures would use the opium poppy to to treat um, uh, pain and so some of those treatments helped inflammation and pain Uh, the willow bark and a little bit the colchicine are bark of the autumn crocus but you you can imagine a comanche tribe or a, a some, uh, medieval, you know, um, try, you know, groups in Europe or, uh, Asia, uh, the opium poppy and, well, and, uh, or in South America, they would be hunting for ways to relieve pain. And those were the ways that we w- could relieve pain up until, uh, 1899, uh, when the bear company, uh, brought out, uh, bear aspirin, they isolated, Uh, acetylsalicylic acid, which is aspirin. Um, And that was the first uh, treatment that was different from uh, using um, primitive tribe uh, treatment approaches.
1: Okay, so then what else?
2: What the, um, And after that, uh, into the 1950s, uh, were the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications. Also, in the uh, early part of the 20th century, there was always this nagging question, could rheumatoid arthritis be an infectious disease that we just don't recognize yet? Mm. So every time an antibiotic would come out, um, uh, that antibiotic would be used for rheumatoid arthritis, and then um, doctors might tweak that antibiotic. Um, to try to um, see if it would have more uh, efficacious effects the first antibiotic was sulfur drugs and um, uh, dr nana schwartz at the karolinsky institute in stockholm sweden put together aspirin from 1899 Mm -hmm. with sulfur drugs in the 1930s and she called this product sulfasalazine so it was used for inflammation of rheumatoid arthritis in the 1930s, along with the inflammation for Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, and it is still used to this day wow. for those very diseases. Uh, well, after the sulfa drugs, along comes penicillin. So doctors tried to see if penicillin would help uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and it really didn't. Um, And then they put an amino group on penicillin, calling it penicillamine, and that had a brief use for rheumatoid arthritis in the 1940s and 50s through 60s. Also at about that same time, the question is, well, um, uh, penicillin goes after gram-positive bacteria. Uh, Sulfa drugs go after gram-negative bacteria. Might the triggering mechanism of rheumatoid arthritis be uh, a protozoa? Might it be akin akin to malaria? So Mm -hmm. in the 1950s, the anti-malarial hydroxychloroquine um, uh, was approved for rheumatoid arthritis. And in short order, it was also approved for lupus as well. So antibiotics, uh, uh, antibacterial agents, and anti-protozoal agents were that first generation of medications.
1: What a, what about, uh, I think you mentioned the aspirin, but what about things like um, Advil and Aleve and those
2: particular items? Well, Advil and Aleve are variants of aspirin. They fall into that first category that are called non-steroid anti-inflammatories. Then there's these medicines that are uh, the... Uh, antibiotic-type medicines. The one that is used the most in rheumatoid arthritis and lupus is Plaquenil. The one that is used by our GI, our gastroenterology colleagues, Mm -hmm. is uh, 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 is, uh, sulfasalazine uh, that uh, was invented in the 1930s. And it is used for Crohn's disease, for ulcerative colitis, as well as rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, The non-steroidals, like... Uh, ibuprofen are variants of aspirin. and okay. ibupro- So the non steroidals were used from 1898, 1899 in the United States uh, with aspirin till 2004. So for 105 years, Big Pharma was coming up with one non steroidal anti inflammatory after another. Aspirin, the first non steroidal, would cause the platelets to be more slippery. And could cause bleeding stomach ulcers, and it could cause um, kidney problems. So over the next 105 years, Big Pharma would come up with Advil, would come up with Aleve, would come up with ibuprofen, naproxen, sodium, meloxicam, and so forth. Um, and a new one would come out every few years, and some of them, like butazolidin, w- worked great, but they caused terrible problems uh, with your bone marrow. So now bute is only used in horses, racehorses anymore. <laughs> um, and then uh, they tried. Big Pharma tried to get around the problem of the bleeding stomach ulcer uh, and also the problem of causing the platelets to be slippery. So uh, in 1999, 100 years after aspirin, Celebrex came out. In 2001, Vioxx came out. And in 2002, a medicine called Bextra came out. And these medicines were supposed to be easier on the stomach and not affect the platelets But inadvertently, Vioxx, where aspirin makes the platelets more slippery, Vioxx made the platelets more, you got it, sticky. And so in 2004, the um, uh, CEO of Merck Pharmaceutical that had come out with this great product, Vioxx, and his name was Mr. Gil Martin, received some data that, oh my gosh, Our medicine, Vioxx, a big bestseller in 2003 or 2004, could make the platelets clump together. And so if you are at risk for a stroke or if you're at risk for a heart attack, that's the last thing you want to do. So um, the, the newer NSAIDs were looked at by the FDA and taken off the market. In two thousand and four, such as Vioxx and Bextra.
1: so I was wondering they did all those clinical trials. I mean back then they didn 't find that until later on after people were taking it yes
2: they didn 't find that until um a, a large group of people uh, had That's been sad. taking it um, and um, and and you may remember what I call the Vioxx fiasco, so the bloom you know. The the bloom is off the rose now for big pharma being in the NSAID, the non steroidal family. So Celebrex is not in that category? Celebrex was in that category, but Celebrex was scrutinized back then by the FDA. Uh, as was a new, another new one called Mobic or Meloxicam. And it was the judgment of the FDA and the judgment of those pharmaceutical companies that they were not as bad an actor as Viox, nor were they as bad an actor as Bextra. And so Viox and Bextra were taken off the market, and the newer medicines in that category, no new medicines in the NSAID category have been approved by the FDA because there's Big Pharma has no interest in going further in that group anymore. Some of the new ones are now used by our veterinary medicine colleagues, but they're not used in humans.
1: One more follow-up about steroids. I I know that they've been effective for me. They're not effective for everyone for pain.
2: Well, steroids uh, were developed in the early 1950s at the Mayo Clinic. And, in fact, um, uh, one of the originators of steroids and the discoverer of steroids won a Nobel Prize in medicine in the early 1950s for the cure of rheumatoid arthritis. Well, it wasn't. A cure wow. because it could really control the disease very quickly however um, uh, it didn't stop the inflammation you the patient felt better the patient had less swelling but there was still joint damage going on and more problematic than that if you take steroids for larger chunks of time like six months three months six months a year 18 months you get a myriad of side effects uh, such as elevated cholesterol, um, uh, elevated blood sugar, a tendency to gain weight, um, and that can cause, all increase your cardiovascular risk. Wow. And so that led, led us to let's move on and go in a different but direction. But it's still prescribed in limited situations, correct? That's right. Steroids still have a room, uh, an area of use in rheumatology, and it's usually if a patient comes in and they're just feeling terrible, Our medicines that we're about to talk about, our DMARDs and our biologics, will kick in about a month from now uh, or about six weeks from now. So many times you may need the steroids to help to control the symptoms until these uh, newer medicines kick in. So let's go
1: on to the newer options. What are the the newer options
2: for treatment? Well, um, in the 1990s, uh, a group of medicines called the disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs uh, were used, and the hallmark medicine in that family is called methotrexate. Methotrexate we were borrowing from the cancer chemotherapy doctors, so it was an anti-metabolite. It inhibits folic acid metabolism in our white blood cells, and that can help rheumatoid arthritis as well as psoriatic arthritis. However, it has its side effects and it was not as effective. It might control 20, 30, 40% of the patients with rheumatoid arthritis, but, 30, but 50, 60, 65% would have an inadequate response to methotrexate. So that would lead to other medications What do you do if you have an inadequate response to methotrexate? So that was a dilemma um, uh, until about 1999 in the early 2000s. Then along came the new groups of medicines, uh, the biologic groups that uh, we can talk about next. Okay,
1: I'll hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information, but now I work from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana, Nabareston and Country of Report, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram and Jeep Dealer.
0: Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour. After this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 101.7 FM and 710 Key.
1: Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Again, I apologize, listeners today, I do have laryngitis. I haven't had it in over 13, 14 years, and I think I've never had it on my radio show. But again, I apologize that I'm sounding differently, but I'm hopefully projecting and And asking the questions of our guest today, who is Dr. Robert Goodman, who is a board-certified rheumatologist with Arthritis and Rheumatology Clinic located here in Shreveport, located at 740 Jordan Street in Shreveport, and he's giving us some updates about the latest in treatments of r a rheumatoid arthritis uh his website is fabulous it's www a r t h d o c dot com and if you need to call him in his office to make an appointment uh do call 318-424-9240 that's 424-9240 and again, thank you, doc, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour.
2: Glad to be here.
1: It's been quite interesting, I always learn new things in meeting with you. Great. And uh this this has been an, an education. So, when 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 a patient comes to see you, do you start them on and you diagnose them with RA, do you start them on the typical the Historical treatment, or do you go right into the
2: latest, greatest? Well, um, most insurance companies uh, require that you at least try some of these older medications because Uh, these medicines uh. are generic medicines, and they cost under $10 a month. So um, most insurance companies uh, and most practices of rheumatology will at least try a three-month trial of methotrexate, for example, or maybe some of the other DMARDs uh, like Plaquenil that we have mentioned earlier or some, another one called um, Laflutamide uh, for about three months. But if you get to uh, the two and a half, three-month time frame and you're really having an inadequate an, an response to those medications, then uh, it's reasonable to move on to these new biologic medicines. So not to criticized. So the patients
1: will tell you their their pains still there. It's increasing. Their deformity is increasing. Is that how you determine it's not working, not effective? Well,
2: that too. But um, what I would do is there are 14 joints in my left hand and 14 joints in my <laughs> right hand. So there's 28 joints in the hands. Mm-hmm. So a typical tool that rheumatologists will use is called a disease activity scale 28 or das 28. Oh, so oh, we will know that. Okay. count the number of joints. And so, if a typical, typical patient comes in and they have um, a 12 swollen joints, six in the right hand, six in the left hand, I put them on methotrexate. Um, I'm looking at lab work as we go forward in time, um, and I'm counting joints. And if the number of joints are going down. Um, And if the patient says, I'm feeling better, and if the lab tests show less inflammation, then that is several things going in the right direction, saying we're having a pretty good response to methotrexate. Uh, But if we don't get to an adequate, if we still have an inadequate response after three months, and I'm watching them once a month Mm -hmm. during this time frame, and we still have a lot of swollen joints, a lot of tender joints, the patient still feels miserable. Uh, then that would be an inadequate response to uh, to uh, methotrexate, and that would be the person that we would move on to these biologics. The first tier, the first generation of biologics are called tumor necrosis factor blockers or TNF blockers. They came out in around the year 1999 through uh, uh, 2004, 2005. So there are many of them that you and the uh, listeners will be familiar with. Enbrel was the first uh, TNF blocker, and Humira is another one. Another one is called Remicade, and there are others uh, uh, like Symphony, Aurea, and and Simsia that are used, uh, and they're still used today. And they are a subset of these large uh, organic molecules that have to be given usually as a shot
1: okay and then what happens after that if that doesn't work um
2: if they uh don't work uh the insurance company might say consider another uh another uh biological uh and so ne- over the next uh 15 years since uh, since Temporal. the uh, TNF blockers came out, there are new generations of biologicals. Um, another generation of biological um, is called the interleukin six blockers. The nomenclature gary interleukin means a communicating protein between white blood cells. so mm-hmm. if you have a communicating protein between the lymphocytes and the Uh, macrophages and these are cells in the immune system or the dendritic cells and the lymphocytes other cells in the immune system that are like specialized officers in an (laughs) immunologic army and you block the communicating protein and that protein was the sixth one in our nomenclature, then that would be an interleukin-6 blocker like Actemra, So that could be an option. And then there are interleukin-1 blockers and a variety of other uh, medications that are used in that family of medicines to help the patient with rheumatoid arthritis. If a TNF blocker didn't work, you could go to an interleukin-6 blocker, you could go to an interleukin-1 blocker, or you can go to um, uh, other uh, cells that affect B or T lymphocytes in certain special ways to try to get the patient uh, to a better situation. And that's uh, sort of the state of the art going from about 2005 to uh, 2012 or 14. The biologics are big molecules. If you took them by mouth, your digestive juices would break them up and make them inactive. Mm. So they have to be given as a shot or an IV. So in 2012 through the current time, uh, a new group of medicines came out, and these are smaller molecules that could be taken as a pill. Um, The first one that's in this family um, is uh, called Zeljans, and two other uh, uh, medicines in this family, one is called Renvoke, and one is called Illumiant, and these are all pills that are in the group of medicines called the Janus kinase or JAK inhibitors. And so they're the ones that are uh, currently uh, receiving attention. So if a person um, has had an inadequate response to methotrexate or and if they've been put on a TNF blocker or one of the other biologics that are, have to be given as a shot or an IV and they're still not getting better, we have this new set of tools that are called JAK inhibitors or Janus kinase inhibitors, uh, and you see them advertised on TV. They're now being adopted not only for rheumatoid arthritis, but for psoriatic arthritis, for Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and for uh, other dermatologic conditions like atopic dermatitis. And you're starting to see advertisements on TV direct-to-consumer ads in these areas. So how
1: often does an individual have to take this uh, uh into is it monthly bi-monthly it,
2: it ver- the biologics some of the biologics that are given iv can be every uh every month or every two months uh with symphony aurea and there is one biologic called rituxan that is given twice a year so it's six months oh. apart the uh jack inhibitors the new oral medicines are daily pills
1: I wonder how they determined how often a person should get a certain treatment. Yeah, you know, that had to be a lot of clinical trials. Well, that was
2: clinical trials uh, that I and others were involved in to try to determine what's the uh, far out, uh, the furthest out dosing interval that will still work for maybe Enbrel or Humira or uh, rituxan, um, and so it went from. Enbrel being a a twice-a-week medicine to a a once-a-week medicine. Humira was every two weeks. Uh, Simsia is a shot uh, once a month. Um, Some of the IVs, like I said, are uh, eight-week, and some of the IVs are 26 weeks apart, uh, specifically one called Rituxan. And then there's variations, and the clinician can have some discretion with some of them. If a person is on, for example, Remicade every eight weeks, and the doctor and the patient starting to lose their response then the doctor could in some cases close the interval to every 6 weeks or every 4 weeks to try to recapture the disease control, but that would be if we didn't have a lot of other options. Now we have lots of other options that's if we good. start losing the response.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. We have, the more options, the better. To give the, the patient that's has right. the option, so, the physician has those tools to be able to, to and, try to see the results getting better and
2: better. So if a person has a side effect of one of these early medicines, then we can uh, go to yet another option or a third option uh, as well. So once a person's diagnosed with RA, is it curable? They have it for the rest of their life. Well, they have it for the rest of their life. We use the term remission, meaning if we had, if I did that DAS-28 and it was uh, 12 or 14 swollen joints, if we have one or zero swollen joints or one or zero tender joints in the inflammatory markers and in lab look normal, that would be uh, near or remission or remissions better than
1: continually having it acutely
2: right that's right exactly
1: well thank you doc for joining us today you're quite educational i know a lot of a lot of my listeners including myself have learned a lot i do want to emphasize if you have you want to discuss your conditions uh regarding RA and others with Dr. Goodman and his wonderful staff. You can visit his office at uh, 740 Jordan Street or call, make an appointment at 318-424-9240. Visit their website to learn a lot more information, www.arthdoc.com. So thank you, Doc, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for listening to our show. hope you join us next Saturday for another show that could benefit you or your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of our magazine at our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day.